Yo, it's the So So Scrutiny Podcast. I'm Corey Stocks, your host. And with me is my co-host, Robert Maine. The king has been slain. And our special guest, Liz Stocks. Damn kid, stop throwing rocks. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I have to do your, I have to rhyme your last name a lot. And it, it's really hard sometimes. And that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> You always do like a whole full sentence or something. I'm gonna start doing that, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> fun. I like the long one. <laughs> hey guys, how you guys doing over there? Great, great, doing well. Um, Got our coffee. Yeah. yeah I, I was like, what's steep? What's uh, smoking in, in front of your face, Corey? But I was like, oh, yeah, it's the coffee. It's my cigar. Let's just get it, <laughs> hey, let's just get it out of the way because I'm really thirsty. Why don't you tell us, us about our uh, unofficial sponsor today? For sure. Our unofficial sponsor today is, again, Bones Coffee. Um, today we are drinking a whiskey barrel-aged coffee. Um, delicious I hope because I haven't drank it yet. But I haven't we are tasted going to it yet. Test either. it right now. Yeah. Um, this morning I went and dropped off some uh, equipment for Corey so we can do this today. And I was like, hey, man, pour me a cup of that delicious new coffee you got and we can taste it on the air. So <laughs> for yeah, sure. So should we go for it? Yeah. Um, before we do that, this this coffee was kind of elusive. It was uh, it was sold out for a while. So it, when it was finally on sale, we, you know, jumped on that. So cheers. Cheers, bottoms I do, up. Oh, I do like that uh, that cup thing, that the swell thing. That that one's sick. Yeah, it's like wood grained. Yeah, swell, our other unofficial sponsor. <laughs> Just don't buy Starbucks coffee. Just go buy their equipment. <laughs> All right. That's really good. Like, there's a subtle hint of whiskey in there, and it kind of bottoms out the coffee, the harshness of the coffee. I like that a lot. Got a LaCroix refresher and we'll go in again. Really good. Um, Yeah. It's a strong strong cup of coffee. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Liz, you like this too, right? Yeah, it's delicious. Really tasty. But she had a little bit of almond milk in it. I've been finding that a little bit of like almond or oat milk and then a tiny bit of maple syrup like yeah let's talk about bit. that real quick you texted me like hey you need to put this in your coffee and i was like what maple syrup well, i mean okay yeah, of so, course it's gonna be delicious it's maple syrup well okay so maple <laughs> syrup normally like i'd be like oh that's just all you know sweet and sugar or whatever which it is you know it has sugar in it obviously <laughs> but it um it also mellows out like the harshness of the okay. coffee and it brings out the flavors i found like it really brings forward the flavor i don't think we have any maple syrup but next time we go to uh the store i'll grab some but you know uh, uh, i have a put i have a weird thing that i put in my coffee sometimes i well you guys are vegans but you guys have vegan butter right yeah yeah i put a little slice of butter in my coffee and some people find it a little too oily but i think it makes it a little more rich i guess so I don't know. nowadays that's called keto coffee yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I learned it from Corolla, and they're all keto over there. So yeah, yeah, we've been doing that. Bones lately. coffee. I haven't Dude, had bones is great. The even like the the only one I like don't really like drinking too much is the s'mori time one, just because I'm not a big chocolate guy in general. Yeah, that coffee is still really good. So I haven't had a bad batch of these guys. These guys are nailing it. Yeah, yesterday I had the peanut butter and jelly. Ooh. And I'm that was to, good. I'm going to steal. I have the uh, the world collection 
coming to me soon. It, I think it's Sweet. I think it's showing up on Wednesday, so maybe on the next one I'll I'll try that one out. Coffee talk, man. It's always well, it's coffee. Super Go good. check them out so they can sponsor yeah. us. Corey, <laughs> break, Corey, break down the webs or the website. <laughs> Corey, yep. break down yeah, today, the episode. What are we today doing? we have a jolly, fun, happy <laughs> discussion about cults. Um, we're going to be discussing different cults. Um, we each kind of reviewed a different cult. Um, and then we're going to review a couple of things. Um, the, what we're reviewing today, me and Liz are going to talk about our second run through of Midsummer. Um, and Robert is going to talk about the show, the TV show, Dave with little Dicky, right? Sorry. There's a, uh, a stray cat outside the window. It's <laughs> meow, meow, meow. <laughs> I can't see him. It's like squirrel, but cat. Oh, now he can see me. Get out of here. Get out of here. Shoo there, kitty. <laughs> Oh, he, you sound like you're from like the 20s. No, don't, don't get closer to me. All right, he's going. Sorry. I just want sure to get pet, man. Just want to make sure the, the mic wasn't him. picking him up. Looks like a tiger, though. Um, yeah, so we're reviewing. You're reviewing Midsummer, Yeah, and then I watched Dave uh, show on FX that just, I think, finished their first season. And I haven't actually, I'll look in if they're going to do a second season, but I'm pretty sure because it was really um, critically acclaimed and like everyone likes the show. And I'll, I'll do a little quick little dive into that. Yeah, um, what but before we get into that, we have a pretty big announcement, right? Oh yeah, what do we what do we got, Corey? So um, we are unveiling our new social scrutiny logo today on all of our platforms. Um, check it out. Yeah, We're by going the time, to be, but if you're listening to this, it should be up on your uh, playing device, and then it'll also be on our Instagram and Facebook, and yeah, and uh, who who designed it? It was one of your buddies, right? Yeah, Taylor. Taylor. Taylor Virgil, he's awesome. Uh, very, very good friend of mine and bandmate. Um, designed it, and it looks awesome. Yeah, shout out to him, because the the other one, the old one, was me, and I'm not good at doing that stuff, so I'm glad. But it like, still had a place professional in my heart. came in and did it, yeah. But yeah, it'll be, we'll always remember it. Um, but yeah, the plan is to uh, get this logo out and get some stickers and pens and t-shirts out that you guys can hopefully purchase and get us some money so we can get more and better stuff and keep this pirate. Sh- like Corolla says, their pirate ship going. That's how I feel about it. It's our little pirate ship. Awesome. Um, so um, what have you been up to, man? You, uh, school still? Or are you guys uh, getting close to the end? What's, what's the deal? Yeah, getting close to the end. Are, mm-hmm. they ending, uh, are they ending the school year earlier this year? Is that the deal? No. Oh, same thing. It's okay. just, um, Schools have been starting sooner and sooner every year anyway. So it seems like we're ending early, but we're ending. It's always 180 days of instruction. So my last day is June 3rd and Corey's is June 11th or something like that. Ha ha, Corey. <laughs> but then I started, you started before yeah. Corey. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I'm not too bothered by it. Being online like that last week is going to be, I don't even know what we're going to do. So let me ask you, let me ask you a question as teachers. I know, I mean, ideally you guys want to be in the classroom and be hands-on, but give me some like positives of being this, uh, doing the webcam or zoom or how there's you none. Do? Really? <laughs> well, one? There is like, I, I hate it. I feel, well, Listen, Hey, I hated midsummer and we'll talk about that in a second, but I can okay. still see the beauty in it. I'll step back and go. <laughs> that was a good piece of film, but I fucking hate that movie. So, I mean, there's not one little thing at all. Yeah, I think I think um, I guess 
Go for it. Well, well, being at home is awesome, but you get a little stir crazy. But I, um, I love the learning curve I've had the experience here with like trying to do different things with digital, you know, digital tools and, um, you know, getting the kids, helping the kids out that way. The downside to that though is that not all of our kids really have equitable access to like stuff you know wi-fi and everything so it's kind of it's really hard to expect them to do every single little assignment and um be i I don't expect them i expect their parents to at this time yeah come on if you're working okay but come on it's always their parents Mm. um well that's too bad Uh, i hope i hope i hope you guys get back out there and start saving those little kids from their terrible parents (laughs) what do you guys teach Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you... I was just going to say, so I think online teaching maybe isn't so bad for middle school and high school because mm-hmm. they, if, like you said, if they have parents that maybe aren't supportive or aren't, don't have time to help them, they can pretty much figure it out. But as a first grade teacher, I'm yeah. wholly dependent on the parents. Yeah. And it's not always that the parents aren't trying, but I mean, they're working and I understand. I, yeah. I know I'm very generalizing out there. <laughs> parents, and then the other down. thing too is um, you know, of course, talk about being equitable. If they have one family computer, but they have four children, yeah, that sucks. Then they have to share that computer. But then every teacher has different expectations. So one teacher will be like, "I expect you to be on between eight to 12. and then the other teachers, "I expect you to be on between eight to twelve. And it's like, how do they divide that eight to twelve amongst four kids? Yeah. So, and then true. um, they have to keep track of their little Zoom meetings. So it's like. You know, you go on at 11 and don't forget you need to be done by this time because so-and-so goes on at 12 with his teacher. And yeah. Are, can you, are, is, are you guys able to record like the sessions and like they can go back and watch them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well then that's not that's really an excuse. If they can yeah. watch, the, if they can watch their stupid TikTok videos, they can watch. How long are those are your classes usually now? I don't do a lot of live teaching, honestly, because every time I've done it, I've had like one to five people and I'm like, this is just a waste of my time. So instead, (laughs) I make videos of myself teaching the content. So they're anywhere from like five to 10 minutes of explanation of how the assignment's going to go and what to type. And then they do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and they've been pretty good about that. But for my class, for every for other teachers, they're having a great time with all their kids online. But for some reason, and I've been on and I've reminded them and I've done everything I can. I've not had many. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use this time to like actually make an instructional video that's going to help them. And instead of just sitting here waiting for them. Um, so that it's basically the same thing, just with nobody with me you know there you go nice. and i do uh 30 minutes a week that i for sure will be on for all the students but then i also have office hours mm-hmm. so like one hour per day if anyone needs like a tutoring session they could sign up and i can be available by video with like my whiteboard to kind of walk them through something but on fridays i don't do teaching at all it's just a check in, say hello. We kind of do like a show and tell type thing. I do a read aloud Aww. and it's, it's more like a social emotional check-in. Yeah. Aww. Especially because they're first graders. Yeah. And, yeah. 
So I, do, I do look forward to those. I Fridays. do that on Fridays and yeah, the kids like that. That's what well. this podcast is to me, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, we need I know. Speaking of which, how are you doing, Robert? Yes. I, I'm doing all right. Uh I uh, got a haircut yesterday. My cousin came over and gave me a haircut, which I desperately needed, which was nice. <laughs> so good. And uh, made some carne asada, made some fucking good ass meat. And uh, we watched The Patriot. You guys seen that movie? Yes. I've Mel never Gibson. seen it. Man, Mel they should it. show that in high school history class because it is brutal. And it's yeah, like, true. And my, uh, my colleague, my history colleague at the middle school, she she shows that. Nice. You get the, like permission slips, and then the kids yeah, get it's, it. They don't like curse in it, but it's R-rated because there's some graphic stuff, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, but yeah, just been hanging out, taking care of everybody, and staying busy, and doing all of that. Um, let's get into the episode. People are probably waiting, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about Midsummer. All right. Um, so so why'd, you guys, why'd you guys rewatch this? You got someone recommended well, it again or something? Yeah, we've had cults on the mind. Yeah, cults on the mind, and our good friend Kenya Kubias, right? She or now Kenya Santos, right? Yes, we had thought about doing something about cults, and then a friend commented on Instagram that she wanted us to do Midsummer, and I was like, "That's really interesting," because we were totally going to do cults anyway. Yeah, so I was kind of shout out to her for kind of recommending it i wanted to go back and kind of revisit it because we did uh, it on just, my mic we did it in the <laughs> <old> episode <laughs> hold on let's get Corey it's to this help damn this. broken it's the broken uh, uh see this is why okay. everyone's gonna have to buy t-shirts and pins and stickers yeah i barely touched it <laughs> yeah just be no it was the ghost it. and don't pull on that cord i'm not um but uh that's what she said anyway um (laughs) sorry uh yeah she she recommended it on our uh instagram and i was like yeah it's a good idea let's go back and revisit Mm -hmm. um a movie that i originally had completely different thoughts on um i think I think I have a different perspective on it after talking to Liz for a while yesterday too, but the film is written and directed by Ari Aster, same guy who did hereditary, which is an incredible movie. If you haven't seen that Robert, I won't subject you to that, (laughs) but thank you. Is it very much like this though? Um, no, way different. Um, like, you haven't seen hereditary. No. Oh, it's like, and you like you guys that love these movies, the Midsummer is almost like a comedy, right? Because there's no. like there, some I read online a lot of people, especially like in Europe, looked at this movie as like a comedy. Like, as, oh yeah, like, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially compared to this guy's other movies, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I yeah, I guess I see that, but um, it it is considered actually a breakup movie cloaked <laughs> in a horror movie i was like it's kind of juxtaposes the idea that like yeah, i guess so it's a, bra- it's a breakup I'll, movie I'll a, like, add something. sappy breakup movie ari aster wrote this movie when he was going through a breakup oh dude man those are some dark thoughts <laughs> like my, man she broke up with me <laughs> yeah. right this horrible slasher movie <laughs> um but Florence Pugh is kind of the, she's the main character. She's, she's great, a yeah. wonderful actress. Um, she's also in Little Women and some other movies that, you know, weren't as big. We'll see her. We'll see her for a long time. She's for sure. She's, Black Widow. I think she's in Black yeah. Widow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, the budget. This is crazy. 
Oh, I don't know. The budget was $9 million, right? That's nothing. $9 million. Mm-hmm. You want to know what it grossed? Um, this, was bef- this was before the quarantine. Um, I'm going to guess like worldwide or U.S.? W- uh, worldwide. Um, I don't know if it was more than 100. I'm going to say under 100. Mm, yes, under 100. 80. A little high. No. Oh. 50 40 40 close 46.9 that's still you know that's a hit i mean yeah they made, for their, sure. they made their money back a lot big time and then uh it was not shot in sweden believe it or not it was actually shot in budapest um oh, wow. i'm assuming because of like permits and things probably, like that. probably why it was so cheap to make too yeah yeah <laughs> or prices yeah that too um so right off the bat like what was your second run of it like Liz. so same thing as Corey. when i first watched it i just <laughs> it i remember it ending the credits rolled and i'm just kind of like uh i i don't know what to think and then i still processed it and i was still like i don't know it was just i felt like ari astro just tried to make a weird movie and like every decision he made was just like how can i make this weirder yep the second how, time I watched how it. How can I bug Robert just a little bit more? Yeah. <laughs> I was taking it personal. <laughs> but the second time I watched it, um, it seemed less random and like much more intentional. And I respected him a lot more and felt that it was really well thought out. Because you 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 knew the randomness was coming. So you didn't like, yeah. you know, oh, this scene's coming. So I can like look at well, it. Well, like, because, um, you know, the first time I saw it, I thought everything just kind of came out of nowhere. But then when you rewatch it, you realize that every single thing is foretold from the very beginning. Mm. And so seeing those little, I guess, Easter eggs is like makes it more fun. Okay. And you you end up watching it like looking for the next one. Okay. Corey, uh, what do you think? Second is this, this is the second time, right? Or third? Yeah. Or have you watched this like my, ten times because you actually love it so it's much? my third. And it's my but second. Like this time I kind of watched it passively. So like I was in the middle of kind of researching for other things. Um, But the second time around, like really watching it, I felt that it was much more competent than I thought it was the first time as well. I, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is way too obvious. Everything was kind of in your face in the beginning. There's the tapestry spoiler alert, by the way, but um, there's a tapestry that kind of shows the entire story in the beginning. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of obvious once you go back and look at it. Mm. Um, but there's these subtle, like this subtle symbolism of like uh, femininity and um, uh, kind of just like toxic masculinity and stuff like that, as well as um, some more interesting, darker kind of familial- things yeah death is but um some of the symbolism that liz pointed out was really interesting as well um we had a little discussion yesterday and then Corey said no we'll stop because we have to save it for the yeah podcast. there was so much <laughs> um, <Good> man <laughs> but to go over the sound like i guess we could just jump through it and then like stop kind of yeah, where I, we would you know I, uh, I i begrudgingly did a screen scale for this i didn't talk about it but uh i just brought it up again and you know talking to you guys and like because i did it like right after i watched it yeah i scored it kind of low on cinematography for some reason that was the one thing i was like you know they did a great job on that like i can't knock 
on how good this movie looks, you know, yeah. as much as I yeah. hate the story. So um, <laughs> I, I put like 3.5, but I would probably put 4.5. So um, yeah, like in sound, I, I, I thought the sound was really good because it like built the tension a lot. Yeah. Um, cinematography yeah. actually gave it really high scores. Um, five. Would you give it in the cinematography? Yeah, same. Um, again, going back to what I was saying earlier, the first time I saw it, I again thought Ari Aster, Ari Aster was just being like, how can I be a hipster and make this look artsy and cool? But then later on, when I watched it, I felt like the the camera like that sometimes it goes upside down or it goes like above and i that's actually intentional i feel like that's um a recurring theme throughout the movie is things flipping yeah absolutely uh, even like the runes you were saying yeah. like some of the runes had like different directional patterns and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah but it, it's it's not just in the cinematography it's in everything in the the like tapestries in the like artwork the colors everything just seems to flip over and over again and i i was telling her on that note like when it flips over like the camera when they're driving to this commune or whatever um the camera kind of does this flip and it's all upside down it almost reminded me of like alice in wonderland where she's like where she's literally like going down the rabbit hole and like she has no idea what's on the yes. other side. And Especially like, and then they're walking up and they're like going through the bushes and there's just like this. Yeah. Hole. Yeah. I remember that scene. Um, I was also reading that, you know, a lot of, most of it takes, um, takes time during the day. Mm-hmm. Very bright, like not a lot of clouds, like, and, but you never see the sun. It's always there and prominent. Yeah. The camera never shows the sun. Which kind of yeah. creepy in its own right. Like it's it's you know, it's kind of like a easy trick to do because you'll get some really cool lens flares if you you know have your subject with like the sun in the background, but they're like, no, it's gonna be cool enough looking. But so I'll give them I'll give them some notes for, you know, some points for that too. And um, let's not forget the visceral gore. Like the gore yeah. was intense. Little almost quarantine or uh, Quentin Tarantino esque. It was getting yeah, like that part was getting a little too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, guy. the actors, God bless them. I mean, they did whatever this Ad Astra. What's that? What is his name? Ari Aster. I'm gonna call him Ad Astra. I like that better because I, I think that's the other reason this guy is really like uh, getting a name for himself. Because I think the uh, the hipsters like saying his name because it's like not a normal name. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, like Panos Cosmatos. See, like yeah, exactly. Just, that guy <laughs> would not have a career if it wasn't for that name. For uh, sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think the actors. I mean, yeah, they you know they went out there and did that weird shit for him. Um, yeah, Will Poulter. Will Poulter is pretty awesome. He's, yeah, we'll he, see him uh, for. He was fun. I liked his character a lot. He's kind of a jerk, Mark, right? <laughs> when, he uh, pisses, yeah, Mark. when he pisses on the sacred tree, he's like, what? I can't, it's just a tree. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you tell me then? Why did you let me do it? <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, have like other... Well, you, speaking you of, of so Mark, much. something's yeah. interesting about him is I feel like from the very beginning of the movie, every character is, is painted as a certain like archetype. And oh, for sure, he, yeah. He's... So uh, when they first get there, there's that game where everyone's um running around and mm. they kick uh Christian at one point and they ask like oh what's this game they say skin the fool yeah um and mark i feel is the fool because he's literally skinned in the movie yeah 
And at the very end, when they put all the bodies in the little barn thing, he's wearing a jester hat. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Kind yeah. of again with the bringing everything back. Everything, yeah, circles yeah. back from the very beginning to the end. And then speaking of that circling back, the the very beginning of the movie starts. Doesn't it start with Danny like breathing? Or I want to say there's like an exhale or she's sleeping or something. Yeah. I don't remember. And then it kind of the breathing is a constant thing throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see those elements and then the femininity element like if you look at like the flowers representing femininity and like uh if you look at the um where they actually kill everybody they like burn them it's like a triangle kind of got the like whole like vaginal thing going on um we get it you like the ladies we get it i do (laughs) um and then fire and then fire throughout mythology and everything else is is all about rebirth when you think of like the phoenix like dying and then coming back to life like in harry potter and stuff um can't believe i'm relating this movie to <laughs> harry potter that's but... what you go to you're just talking about mythology and then you go to harry potter dumbledore will skin him alive um but anyway the the fire is actually used to quench and renew things and um, I feel like even though everybody died, it was like symbolic for kind of quenching the evil, getting rid of the evil and moving on. Um, they, those cultists are crazy, but they, you know, it, it, they all, ha- it had a. But it was their culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like their, true. The, we'll see this in coming up probably in talking about our cults is like, it, it, that's just the way they live. Like the, it's no other. Yeah. Like, why would you question it if that's the way we live but it's like the outsider's like no you're a cult <laughs> period mm-hmm. I, yeah, and i remember at the very end when they're like cutting the bear up and like preparing it or whatever on the table and they're trying to teach the kids how to like disembowel a bear i'm just like at that point i would be like i need to get the heck out of here but <laughs> liz was like well not if that's what you know you know what i mean like it's just the way it is but like the writing i thought was good like well ari aster did a lot of research (laughs) a lot of the uh, like you were saying the quentin tarantino ways of killing them but a lot of those were actually part of their mythology or like vikings were known to have done it yeah like it wasn't just how can i make this horrific he actually found out like no, the he, whole humans are hor- horrific by themselves. Just look yeah, at history. Are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't need Quentin Tarantino. He just takes it to a next level. But yeah, I hear. But you. like the part with the um, what is that called? Something eagle. The eagle, the flayed eagle, or yeah. something like that. Where he's in the um, Simon is in the barn, like hanging, and you could see his lungs moving. Do you know what yeah, I'm talking I, about, I, Robert? I pro- no, I, I think I blanked that part from my they yeah they basically like hang him up by these threads and then they cut his back open and like oh lungs out yeah it's yeah. like multiple like yeah. strings yeah 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 yeah, yeah no was, so that's actually thanks for bringing that image back in <laughs> yeah i know liz is appreciate that go. <laughs> that's uh something that i guess vikings did to torture people mm-hmm. vikings are brutal man Terrifying. yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um <laughs> Again, watching it, not knowing much about the history of it or the mythology of it and all that stuff, I kind of watched and like, oh, he just thought, how can I make this creepy? But it's like, no, that's actually a real thing. Yeah. That you can look up. 
Nice. Would so you guys like give it? Did you guys or did you do original um, scrutiny scale, Corey, or did you do a new one? I did a new one. Nice, because yeah, I, I I I actually added a few points. My original score was twenty nine point five, and I got it up to thirty two point five. So wow, <laughs> so pretty low for you then. Yeah, it's, I mean, hey, that's what it is. It is what yeah, it is. For that's sure. my culture. That's you know, that's gonna be uh-huh. my excuse now. I'm just gonna have that as my excuse for everything. <laughs> Funny <laughs> because. Because yeah. it, originally my rewatchability score was super low because I was like, I don't want to watch this again. Can you guys but guess what my number is? Zero. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> my rewatchability is now four because I've seen it three times and I'm like, I'll probably watch it again, knowing myself. <laughs> uh, we, cool. I gave it an 87. Um, it's really high, but I don't. I still don't think it's like a perfect movie there's still a lot of imperfection i think this movie yeah. put like sold to like your demographic who love this kind of movies that's a great score this mm-hmm. isn't a movie made for me but i can still find the the good things that they did they did in there so that's that sounds that seems about like a good score i would i would give it in that your frame of mind if that makes sense yeah but for sure would you give it um so i didn't <laughs> I, I'm always told to use the scrutiny scale and I don't end up using it all the way, but I'm looking <laughs> at Corey's scores and they're pretty much the same as mine. Okay. So like it would be, stop messing with the cord. Yeah. The okay. Cord sorry. Is... <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's pretty, yeah, it's, it's like high eighties. You guys are married. You know, you guys can share the same score. It's fine. I'm not going to give you, <laughs> I'm not going to deduct two points, <laughs> but I just think it's so interesting how, it's not like it just went up a couple points. Like I pretty much hated the movie when I watched it. And mm. now like I almost loved it. You'd like it. You really like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I I really like it. Cause it, now that I was watching it and seeing again, the things like repeating, it was, I had fun watching it and like looking for symbols and looking for patterns and things that repeat and, um, I don't know, trying to, to figure out what everything symbolizes. It kind of brought me back to like, AP English class in high school oh, yeah. and like how we would have to read and be prepared to have discussions about like symbolism. Um, All right. That's I cool. enjoyed it. You're such a I teacher. didn't think of it that way, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know, cool. as much as I gave it a zero rewatchability, I will, I am curious what this guy makes in the future is because I can tell he's a really good filmmaker. So I'll, I'll give him points on that. Yeah. Least. Recurring if- themes for him are, are grief and, like mental issues like the dan the main character danny obviously has anxiety and um and, and then I, her 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 sister's bipolar you know i gave it a low score on emotional impact because i always even if i hate a movie like that director gave me an emotion at the end like yeah hate that emotion that he did so you know what? i gave it 2.5 i'll give it one more point for that because that was it was he was he was aiming for that he didn't want people to like love this movie like a family classic it's supposed to make mm-hmm. you feel, supposed to make you feel icky at the end yeah you know it's I mean? unsettling yeah we'll Great sit around movie. the we'll sit around the the family couch and watch uh midsummer there you go well if you want to lighten some stuff up i have a show that will i highly recommend for you guys um i'll play a song from him at the end of the sh- at the end of the show but um it's a show called dave is it cool if we move on i thought that was yeah, good yeah. yeah for sure felt very natural uh <laughs> going into dave um it's a show about little dicky he's a rapper um it's on fx and i think you can stream it on hulu um 
the first season just like ended. Um, I'm really hoping they do more seasons. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's being well received by a lot of people. So I hope FX falls through because this guy, he could be a genius just the way this guy thinks and the way he, he like puts him his, his creative like vision out there, not only with music, but like video too. He has really creative music videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the first time I, he like came on my radar was he made a music video um let's see if we can find the name of it but it was basically um the brain the, one the brain one no um oh. he's like super broke and doesn't have enough money for a video so he do, he just walks oh around yeah a really like um oh save that money <laughs> featuring fetty wap and rich homie kwan save that money <laughs> so he, just, he basically goes and just steals footage for, like he convinces some old lady to go on her mansion property and films like him wrapping around a a swimming pool and stuff and then he like calls all his contacts that he knows like rappers and like steals time on their own music videos and like goes to their shows and like pretends it's like his show and it's just really funny and creative and that's what kind of artists need to go do and just figure figure it out and i mean that video has 145 million views four years ago so this guy has figured it out um, and since then he's everybody kind of in that industry who kind of want to works with him because he's not only really talented, but he's really funny and they just, they make him look good or mm-hmm. he makes them look good. I'm sorry. Um, so I did a screen new scale. Um, and funny enough, I think this is one of me might be one of the first things I've, uh, ever done, but I gave it a hundred. I was, I wasn't going in thinking nice. to give it a hundred, but I was going section by section. It was just like sound fives. Cause the music in this is just so creative and the way he raps and stuff like that, the way, and then cinematography, you know, the way it's shot like a, uh, sitcom kind of thing, but then they, they put in a few of his music videos and it's just so amazing. The acting, you know, he, he's a great actor, but then he surrounded himself with some really good cast. It's a really great ensemble. Um, his hype man, uh, Gata, it's, it's, I was looking him up. It's like his first um, project ever. He's done some like music, but like acting wise, this is his first thing. And I'll, I'll admit right now, there's an episode where they show him, um, he, they admit, he's a bipolar and he has like a breakdown in front of these guys during rehearsal. And it, it choked me up. I had some tears flowing because this guy just got to me and like the way his friends like embraced him and talked about it. And it was a great episode. And then, you know, there's a whole episode where little Dickie's not even in it. It's just a snippet of these two characters that are in it that are like falling in love. And it's just them having their ups and downs of having a relationship and it has nothing to do with the rest of the show, but it's like, it fits perfectly. So, um, the cast was great. Um, let's see the writing to show like the way it's written and his trying to get into the industry. And I had so many parallels, you know, people trying to get into the movies or music, you you totally relate to what this guy is trying to, you know, deal with. Um, so, and then everything else, rewatchability, can't wait to watch more seasons. I'll rewatch this season. Um, the advertisement is great. Um, you can tell by my background that it's yeah. him coming through his own crotch because the whole show is about his dick. And apparently he has like a weird dick this whole time. And <laughs> if you watch the show, he'll describe it in, in better detail, but um, highly recommend it. Can't say more, more about it. Where can you watch it? FX right, uh, and Hulu. Hulu. Okay, cool. Yeah. We should check that yeah. out. 
I've seen his music videos and I love them. Just so I, I, going. I could definitely see myself liking that show. Or I yeah. even saw the trailers for the show. Yeah, it's like, everywhere. Oh, I'm in. I, yeah. I think, F, I think FX really wants this to succeed and realizes how talented this guy is. Um, and there's like a bunch of cameos. Justin Bieber makes an appearance and one of the Kardashians and a bunch of rappers. And it's, it's, it's really fun. So. It's good stuff. I, I like that he's kind of just like an everyman. He's not this, he's nothing like he's over the top. Uh, deprecating and and very Jewish and he calls it yeah. out and it's 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 he says what everyone kind of I think thinks and won't yeah. say sometimes. For sure. Uh, yeah, so go watch that. I check that out. Dave. It'll it, it'll perk up my probably, attitude know, the, after watching it. The only Mid-Summer. thing I'd probably knock it for is its name. I don't think the word Dave really kind of because it is it's trying to show him and not so much the rapper but it, they could have figured out something better because there's a there's a great movie called dave with kevin klein <laughs> how dare you name the same thing <laughs> hey uh quick question before we move on to our cults are you sure this coffee doesn't have booze in it because i'm for some reason i'm feeling a little like lightheaded after drinking this i know right it is a little so. odd now that's cooled down it's uh it tastes a lot like whiskey. It tastes more like whiskey when it's cooled down. It's probably a placebo effect. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I don't think they could cuz there was no like how warning. old are you or anything like that yeah, or I warning. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I don't know placebo. Cuz I I can't tolerate alcohol. Mm. Uh, yeah, let's hope not. Yeah, so um cuz <laughs> I when I drink alcohol I, I instantly feel it. Mm. And I'm drink I've been drinking this All and right. I feel fine. Like I, I get immediate nausea. My body just thinks I do I'm drinking love whiskey. The, t- the taste is great, though. Yeah, like it's a little over. Like it's it's strong. It's it not is. Light. It does taste a lot like whiskey, basically. <laughs> Woo! So if I start slurring, it's just uh, the coffee. Just know it's that. all placebo. <laughs> um, so we um, each of us. It reviewed cults. If there's some good cult music, you should play some good. I'll figure cult something music. out. Creepy, right creepy. here. I'll put it right there. <laughs> I was gonna say there, um, there's a band called just Cults. Oh, that'd be funny too. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fun. funny. <laughs> um, so let's start with Liz. What did you? Uh, which cult did you end up? Or do you want to do some more time? I know you were still kind of doing some research. You got it now. Uh, uh yeah, that's fine. I'll talk about it. Cool. So, um. I am, first of all, very interested in cults. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I find it really interesting how as an outsider, it sounds so crazy. And like, why would anyone have more than one follower? And a lot of cults have similarities of, you know, like a very charismatic leader and their followers tend to be broken or don't really have a family or something stable in their life. So I could see how they could fall into that. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of cults do kind of start very promising, almost like a gang. It's like, we'll protect you. That's, ex- that's one of the first things I thought, like yeah. when I was looking at mine or just any cults. It's just, I think a recurring theme in all these is just a lot of dudes and it's a lot of guys that are, are the leaders and they're looking for a father figure and they've never had mm-hmm. that. And finally this person comes up towards them and gives them love and it's like oh yeah get, i'll listen to whatever you say because you're listening to me so yeah yeah so um the one that i ended up doing if you haven't seen it yet i recommend on netflix there's a documentary called wild wild country 
And so I did that documentary or um, that cult. So that cult is called, well, I don't know the official mm-hmm. name. Rajneesh, I guess. Well, no. So there's a guru and his name is Raj, Rajneesh and he's changed his name later on in his life. He changes his name to Osho. But um, he is from India originally and he gets followers in India and then he ends up moving to America with his followers and gets more followers in America. But um, his thing starts with, you know, uh, if you follow me, you will be awakened. And (laughs) as many cults do, you'll be even more awakened if you have sex with him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's another so He had a thing. lot of lady followers. Mm. Uh um, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean men too. Yeah. But um another thing is that a big part of, of the cult was being naked and having sex with multiple oh. partners. Yeah, it's like walking around and now's the best time is any, right? Like <laughs> Yeah. And then you know they're oh, big things. orgy time. <laughs> yeah. Grab I mean, that yeah. patch of grass over there. <laughs> Their big thing was just living in harmony, living in peace. And so it's just kind of, uh, uh, actually, it's been a little while since I've watched the documentary, but from what I remember, it's kind of like, you look at religions and most religions say stuff that you can't do. Mm -hmm. So his group was more what you can do. Ah. And it's like, you can indulge in what other religions might consider a sin. So you want to have sex, have sex. You want to eat all of this food, eat all this food. You want like it's, and everyone is just there to love and be at peace. And then um, they end up kind of making a commune and they all, they don't really want to rely on outsiders. So they build the houses themselves. They have this whole like water and electricity system and they're all, they're Mm self-sufficient. So that all seems fine and dandy (laughs) but uh within all that stuff uh there's a lot of controversy and the big thing was that when they moved to the united states they were in oregon and they pretty much took over like this small city because they had like so many people how many people were in it like at the highest time i mean at that oh man um I probably should have looked that up. I will get that number for us later. I can can look it up here. Okay. But, um, so they ended up taking over this like small town in Oregon and the small town didn't really want them there because it's kind of like, well, what's going on in that cult? Like there's a cult in our town. It's a sex cult. Yeah. Yeah. There's a sex cult in our town. So they, um, they end up having a lot of pushback and then, uh, they're, there's like a bombing that happens at one point and then it's pretty much the small town against the cult. So they start kind of arming themselves against each other. So then at first it's, you see all these naked people and they're all at peace and having a great life. And then you see, they look like a small army. They have these giant guns and they're walking around and they they're threatening people. And a lot of those threats came from, um, so the Bhagwan guy, or he went by lots of names, Bhagwan, Osho, I think there's another one. And he had someone named Sheila that kind of like worked for him and did his bidding. And she was the one that was much more 
like assertive and she would be on the news a lot saying like just let us be and like we'll be fine she was his kellyanne conway (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i guess she yeah she was the the speaker or whatever but Um, but the interesting thing is the image i get with like the the whole war with the citizens is like naked dudes running down the street with like bazookas and stuff is that what happened like <laughs> they actually they had bazookas yeah That's i believe they actually had bazooka, uh, bazooka. bazooka. <laughs> bazookas um and then the other thing we were talking about the things that are common with cults usually a charismatic leader and then followers that are broken in some way another part is that there's usually money involved and kind of like with the oh, Church yeah. of Scientology, you have to donate certain uh, certain amounts to reach uh, higher levels of um, spiritual awakening, yeah, or enlightenment. And then this guy, you know, he's just like, oh, we just want to live together and be peaceful and have fun. But it they gave money, and um, and then uh, the other part that uh, a lot of cult leaders do is they say if someone disagrees with you, like do, you don't need to talk to them anymore. And there's a big, a big part of cults is cutting yourself off from people that could be there to help you to get you out of it. Yep. And that's why you stay there longer. And that's definitely what happened with this cult. It was like, don't that we are a special group that has been chosen and the people on the outside, like let them live their miserable lives. You don't need them anymore. You're not part of this world anymore is kind of what this cult and many cults did. He kind of reminds me of the, the, the yoga guru there's a guy oh, there's yeah. another there's another documentary on netflix called like bhagwan or something like that i don't, I don't remember this, what it's that's called the same one but i know which one you're talking about i forget what that one is. but it's like a yoga instructor that like oh yeah that guy's crazy too nuts yeah so he's kind of like that he got like me too he's not he's not around anymore yeah that guy's lame so I, um i looked up the the uh the population so the nearest town was Antelope, Oregon, and it had a population of 60, and their ranch had 7,000 people. Yes. <laughs> so the other part is, again, they want to seem very, you just live your life, let us live our life, we won't bother each other, we'll live in harmony. But then um, they basically wanted, uh, okay, I guess they saw themselves as a religion, and you know, in our country we have separation of religion and state. And he, they wanted to be able to elect their members and like pretty much be their own city. And then they could apply for a lot of the same government subsidies that everyone else can. And there was this whole thing with like voting and I don't know. And voter fraud. Yeah, voter fraud and then uh, intimidation, all this other stuff that happened. It wasn't just them living peacefully in harmony in their little commune. Yeah, they went to, like, ideological war with the people in the town. Like, I remember watching it, and the people in the town are like, we just want to, like, live a normal life. But these people, like, throw loud parties, and we can hear them, like, having sex and stuff. And it's like, we have kids and all that, like, here, and it's terrifying. There's drugs and needles and all kinds of stuff. Um, Well, and that was the other thing that the people that wanted them out of the town were like, and you guys just have your own group. It's like, you can't be a real city because you don't take in people. So then what they started doing was just uh, bringing homeless people into their town. Um, And the reason the homeless people came is because they didn't have a home. And it's like, here, have a home. 
and they would, you know, give them food, give them clothing, all that stuff. But then they were drugging them. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they were giving them like f- food and things that kept them there so that they could have the bigger numbers. It's absolutely crazy. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. So uh, then what, like what happened? What was, how did they all end? Are they still out there? <laughs> they, so they ended, right? They, um, they ended up getting pushed out because it turned out they had a lot of crimes <laughs> and they had a lot of people living amongst them that were criminals. Mm. And they ended up uh, pretty much getting kicked out. And uh, some people fled or a lot of people fled. Some people went to other countries. Some returned to India he did actually go back to India and they kept worshiping them, him there, not as many as before, but they kept that going. And then he died uh, just from old age. And then I think it pretty much dissolved after that. Uh, or didn't that lady try to kind of keep it going, but it ended up kind of falling apart. Yeah. And then it's interesting because saw the documentary, even though he had already died, he still had followers. Yeah. Like very much still to this day, did not see it as a cult. And we're very saddened by people trying to destroy what they had. And but because like, they, they believed, I, if I remember correctly, didn't they believe he was like immortal? Yeah. They didn't think he was like human. Yeah. Um, and I don't then I don't know how he died or what they. Well, yeah, I mean that. after that, oh, okay. like a lot of people probably were like, "Well, obviously, yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not immortal." Um, and then there were some people that did realize later on, like, "Wow, that was a cult. I can't believe I was in a cult." And you know, they're all in therapy and all that. <laughs> so, nice. and then <laughs> the the main one that pretty much did all the crimes ended up uh, moving somewhere in Europe because if she ever comes to the United States, she'll basically be arrested. Yeah good crazy so, crazy so if you can yeah if you if you had some time on your hand which you do mm-hmm. i yeah. said time on your hand I like seen, your watch i mean hands. Well, <laughs> just other hands, hand. you know on, on Pornhub. so but you know i was <laughs> i remember when this, this movie came out joe rogan was like raving about it and he like loved it and was like want to know all more about it and stuff so maybe it's, i'll it, after all his cult Hopefully talk. Hopefully Joe Rogan to... listens to this so he can hear more about I'm just kidding. He knows After more all this cult to. talk, I might have to check it out. You said Netflix, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix, Wild Wild Country. If it's still if it's not there, you can find it somewhere, I'm sure. Um, Bird. Yeah, it so the I'm just trying to get the names right here. So the guru's name is Bhagwan Shri Rajneesh, also known as Osho. And um it was the the name of the religion or cult, whatever you want to call it, it was the Rajneesh Puram community. So for short, they just called them Rajneesh. Ah, yeah, that's that's a mouthful. Yeah, that's, yeah, I couldn't say it. So, <laughs> um, what did you? What did you? Uh, Should I go next? Okay. Yeah, I mean, do some cult research from Robert Maine. A lot of parallels to uh, to yours. Um, so I did Heaven's Gate. So um, if you guys don't know that, that was in 90, when did it happen? 97. That was like when the big suicide happened. Um, we'll get into that in a second. But um, uh, one, one thing before I, before I get into that group, there's actually a movie called Heaven's Gate. Um, it has nothing to do with the cult. Um, it's, it's like a, um, a kind of a 
snapshot of old Western times, um, 1890s. Um, who directed it? Oh, the same guy that directed um, The Deer Hunter. And then he did something else too. And he was given like all the money in the world and so much flexibility on this movie. And it has a very uh, interesting lore in the movie industry. And there's an interesting documentary about the making of it. And I think it's on YouTube. So if anyone's into movies, I would look into this movie because it's, it's pretty crazy what they were given access to and were allowed to do. And uh, so anyways, because I always thought it was somehow related, but now, you know, I got older and I realized it wasn't the same thing. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. So this religious group is called Heaven's Gate. And so basically I, wa- I watched a, um, a, a one hour documentary and it's on Amazon Prime and it's just called uh, Heaven's Gate, The Untold Story. It's not really good. It's made by some really just amateur documentary people. Um, but there's some interesting footage that they put in it. Um, you, you see footage that they act like the cult actually took and they interview a bunch of members that uh, are still alive. Um, and especially this one guy, um, for, uh, Rio, Rio D D'Angelo, Rio D D'Angelo. He's like the kind of go to heaven's gate expert person nowadays, I guess, or post suicide. Um, because he, when they were talking, let me get back up a little bit. I'll get into him in a second. So, Heaven's Gate was started by this guy named Marshall Applewhite and this lady named Bonnie Nettles. <clears throat> and they were known as, uh, he was known as Doe and she was known as T. And they were kind of one and the same. And a lot of what their their beliefs and stuff were are based on um, the Bible. So they they believe that they, they were both um, sent from God as these reincarnated um, characters from the Bible. And I'm trying to remember which one who they thought they were, but, and then it evolved into, well, and then she died, Bonnie died of, um, well, basically, so they, they, they thought they were these two people and they were here to br- take people to like the next level and they were going to like die together. But then like Bonnie died of cancer out of nowhere. And so it was like, oh shit, well, I guess Marshall's like the only guy left. And so Doe, he was still known as Doe T though, but it was only one person. And he started literally just going around the country in these like rinky-dinky vans town by town and just gobbling up these like young, innocent boys and some girls and kind of made them all look the same they all have like a bowl cut and they all have like glasses and they're i mean i'm just thinking this right now picture like napoleon dynamite like that's yeah not the the fro like that kind of personality and nerdy and just innocence and no father figure and um but the only difference between this one and, and yours liz is that they were all celibate there was no okay. sex going on at all, which I think probably would have helped some of these people to realize <laughs> that they were getting brainwashed. Um, um, well, let's see. Uh, so, yeah, um, Doe went around, gobbled up some people, and he had little sectors all over the place. But their main um, like hub was in San Diego at this really like nice mansion. And I guess the group owned uh, – I'm going to play uh, a little clip um, – Actually, you know what? I'll just play it right here. It's like a three-minute clip. I'm going to insert right here. It's from uh, a news story. It kind of breaks down the whole thing, and um, you'll get it from here. 
October 1996. Rancho Santa Fe, California. Marshall Applewhite and his followers have created a website which outlines their beliefs and explains how one may enter Heaven's Gate. It is the name with which the group will be permanently associated. What is the meaning of Heaven's Gate? According to the website, it means that Applewhite and Nettles are the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Income from the group's new computer consulting business, called Higher Source, enables them to rent this 9,000 square foot residence in an affluent neighborhood near San Diego. But former member Rio D'Angelo says the group's main focus was their impending suicide. We felt really good, and now we had to prepare. So we knew that the exit was at that time, imminent. Applewhite says he is waiting for a sign from the next level, which will tell him when it is time for the group to leave the planet. Until then, his followers make preparations. They check their supply of phenobarbital, a powerful barbiturate, which can cause death when combined with alcohol. They purchased it in Mexico months earlier. They work out a suicide schedule, and they create uniforms. We all had uniforms made for us and we went out and got uh, Nike sneakers on sale for 10 bucks. D'Angelo designs the Heaven's Gate away team arm patches. We were considered an away team like from a spacecraft like in Star Trek. The away team goes down to the planet, does what they have to do and then they come back up. December 1996. The newly discovered Hale-Bopp comet moves closer to the Earth. Applewhite announces to his followers that this is the sign he has been waiting for. He says the spaceships will soon be arriving to take them home to the level above human. The reason that the comet was the indicator was that it was something that you could see anywhere in the world and he felt that the next level would give him a sign in that way. But shortly after Applewhite's declaration, D'Angelo starts having doubts. I felt like there was something more that I needed to do. And I, it was a confusing to me because I, I love Doe and I love the group. With Applewhite's blessing, D'Angelo decides to leave. March 19th, 1997. In the backyard of their home, Heaven's Gate members videotape one another, issuing farewell messages to the world. Happiest day of my life. <laughs> I mean, I've been looking for this for so long. And we're back. Um, yeah, so they had this giant mansion in uh, San Diego, Rancho Santa Fe, um, and they owned, I guess, like this internet company that kind of paid for all this. Because that was one thing I was like, how do they? They don't have a. Doesn't seem like this group has a lot of money, but they definitely were getting around and 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 having these people stay at this house. And I was like wondering okay. how they could do that, but. Um, they uh, they had the internet company, and to this day, the uh, Heaven's Gate website is still active. Um, oh. does it have? I wonder if it has any members. I was trying to look that up, and it doesn't look. It doesn't seem like it. Uh, obviously, this mass suicide, which we'll, it, what they talked about, yeah, just heavensgate.com. It's still up. It's still pretty. Uh, it's kind of fun to look at because it's like very '90s looking. What old websites used to look like. So they were around at like in what time again? Uh, 97 is one the uh, 97 so yeah i remember this 
Yeah, I, I was pretty young. I didn't really understand too much, but I remember it being really like, because especially the guy that ran it, the dough, if you see his face with his eyes wide open, he looks like a creep. Um, I just remember seeing the news stories of like the the shoes. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was the other thing is they, they all dress the same, the old Nikes. And yeah. uh, that Rio guy is the one that found them all because he got a, a tape in the mail. Um, so this wasn't That's a very long, long-lived cult, but it, I mean, it made an impact on the U.S. because it was a big news story for a long time. Uh, intro. I was going to circle back to uh, Midsummer really quick. Yeah, there's a, a scene where it zooms in on one of the guy's shoes, or he's he goes into bed with his shoes on. Yeah, and I feel like that was relating it to that cult that you just did. Oh, you think so? Sure. Like, I feel like it was, there was lots of elements that were like, these are parts of cults. Cults do stuff like this. That'd be awesome. But I, but wasn't it also to show that he was like, not going to stay there. He was getting ready to like leave in the middle of the Yeah. Yeah. But I I just, yeah, I I felt that too. But I I don't know. I thought it reminded me of that. We could ask Ari Aster. Because they were all like in these beds near each other and it looked very similar. Yeah. Well, yeah, like we're going to find this. crime scene. No matter how weird or what their beliefs are, these cults definitely have the same kind of <laughs> format to get people and <laughs> stick them there and confuse them and brainwash them. Are so, there? Yeah. I don't know if in our research we found out, are there any cult leaders that were female? Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier when I, we were talking. I couldn't think of any. Yeah, I did. I saw one. I can't remember what cult it was. And it said it, she's famous for being like one of the only cult leaders. Yeah. I don't remember the name. But I know there's I like, see. I mean, there's like um, gang and mafia leaders. I mean, if you're right. going to put those people like those organizations into like a cult, I mean, <laughs> they're cult leaders, too. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. It's very interesting that uh, that. Uh, these figures are always kind of the same though, the way that they yeah. handle things. Um, anything else on heaven's gate? Well, so they, so they ended up calling for like mass suicide, right? Like, so, yeah. So basically, I, cause you guys didn't hear that video. So basically, Oh, Haley's comment. That was a big, big deal. Yeah. It came by and they were like, Oh, that's our signal. That's the signal. We're going to go kill ourselves. Yeah. And so they put a bunch of applesauce and some other gooey stuff. And there's a concoction that you can get. And they just took it and had a schedule. And there's a video of all, they took a video of them interviewing and they're all saying, no, this is good. This is what we want. They're all happy and they're not, it's real creepy. It's that is terrifying. I mean, now we all have the saying like, like drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, yeah. And they were kind of at the time for the, like how weird they were, they were kind of, um, state of the art. I mean, they had a lot of video cameras and were making videos and had uh, websites. I mean, they were making money on websites yeah. before anybody else was really making websites. So it's crazy, <laughs> very crazy. But they, um, that kind of relates to Jonestown too. I mean, Jonestown was yeah, another one. I was where, doing research. A lot of the next videos yeah. on YouTube, like recommending was Jonestown. And I didn't really go down that rabbit hole too much, but yeah, that one is the um, U.S.'s biggest mass suicide. Yeah, it's like nine hundred uh, something like people. Yeah, terrible photos. Yeah, so then Heaven's Gate, I think, is like thirty-three, but that's still mm-hmm. pretty bad. But and then that Rio guy, he was like one of the ones that got out. He was he he his thing is like you know I just when they mentioned like the mass suicide his excuse was like you know I just think I have more things to do here on Earth and it wasn't like his excuse wasn't no like 
I don't want to kill myself. It was just like, I don't think I'm done here. It's like, no, you just didn't want to kill yourself, dude. And now he like, everyone goes to him and interviews him, but they had some other people and, and a lot of them post are like, yeah, I realize now it's, it was weird, but I still, it was the greatest time of my life. And I met a lot of people and they're still like super into it. So I that, feel like that's how was it the call I looked at. Yeah. There's still the one, people. That's odd. Weird. They people. focus on the good stuff, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like anything like religion or anything. There's always like yeah. some good things like yours. It's just like, Hey, everyone have a good time and be peace. And let's enjoy this time. I'm like, I'm, I'm in for that. But yeah. it's all the, the downside stuff that throws it. <laughs> Hail Satan. <laughs> Hail Satan. So Corey, Corey let's, let's, let's get into yours. Um, so mine is more of a modern uh, thing still going on, Scientology. Um, this is like a cult slash, this rides a line of cult slash religion because they're trying. It, like, which I think really all of religion. ours in a way are. Yeah, so. I think, but they're like, they're, I think the closest they've ever, like, if out of all of them have become a religion. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is technically a religion, and it was started by L. Ron Hubbard. Um, but it's widely considered to be a cult by anybody who you talk to, except for Me. the people that are part of it. Um, numerous organizations actually consider it to be a cult um, because it's manipulative, and it, like, manipulates people into kind of giving money to their cause. Um, and it relies completely on their profit in order to, to run. Um, I know a lot of churches run that way as well. So it does have those parallels. Oh yeah. Churches are tax exempt. So Scientology yeah. is tax. Exempt. It's tax exempt. No, exactly. I thought they didn't get they, it. They are They're t- Well, maybe, maybe more recently they didn't, but originally they were tax exempt. Um, okay. But there's two great films about this. Um, one of them is a documentary called Going Clear. Um, I believe it's, I don't know if it's on Netflix or Hulu, but it's out there. Going Clear is really good. It'll give you kind of the breakdown of. Yeah, they're legally what, recognized as a tax exempt religion. Yeah. Fuckers. Of what uh, Scientology, uh, it'll give you a whole rundown of what Scientology is and as well kind of the effects and after effects it has on people. Um, there's also a film called The Master. It has Philip Seymour Hoffman, the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. Great movie. Uh, it was inspired by the religion. It isn't it directly, doesn't directly say like Scientology, but it's based on L. Ron Hubbard's kind of life. Um, around the world, this, this uh, religion is known around the world. Like um, Germany considers Scientology to be anti-constitutional, so they don't allow it there. Um, France mm-hmm, actually France. considers it to be a dangerous religion, and it's like kind of like criminal activity to be in the religion. Wow. Um, but the official site, when I went to look at it, like because I was curious, like what do they? What's their side to it? Yeah. Um, the official site actually touts like L. Ron Hubbard as an educator and like an artist, like a creative mind. Yeah, because he's, he's a science fiction fiction writer. That's what he started. Yeah, yeah, and even a humanitarian. Like they consider him to be a humanitarian, um, which Jesus. is ironic considering many of the reports that members receive death threats, violence, and all kinds of crap done to them. We gotta be, thinking, we gotta be careful what we say. They might come after us. Yeah, I mean, 
it's just what if, what if they do i just i just hear that means we just gained one more listener you know that's just yeah <laughs> and come come preach to me i want to hear your one, one at a time yeah Anyway, during this was interesting. During World War II, um, Hubbard was actually commissioned as a lieutenant, like a junior grade lieutenant in the U.S. Naval Reserve. Um, and in May of 1943, his sub chaser, so like a submarine chaser, left Portland. And that night, Hubbard ordered his crew to fire 35 depth charges and a number of gun rounds at what he believed were Japanese submarines. His ship sustained minor damage and three crew were injured. Having run out of depth charges and with the presence of a submarine still unconfirmed by other ships, Hubbard's ship was ordered back to port. And a Navy report after said that there was actually no submarine in the area. So this guy like... His ship and his men got hurt by their own depth charges? Yeah. Oh, wow. Fucking idiot. yeah, and they like, and then they, he claimed that they were shooting at, you know, a like a enemy submarine or whatever, but they, they said, yeah, there's no submarine there. <laughs> um, so it's just kind of that like power play, you know what I mean? Like yeah. people well, to do, what I, I, do want them to I do, I do remember, I remember when like in high school, um, I don't know the full story, but I remember my history teacher like freaking me out because you know, we always thought that the U.S. You know, no fighting in the World War II was ever like on U.S. soil, but a submarine did get over the over here. I think it was Japanese and fired a missile into like Palm Springs or one of those cities or up north somewhere. It might have been Oregon, but it was like one thing and then didn't go off. But there was one. Yeah. There was one and it's, attempt. And well, I guess other than other than World, or Pearl Harbor, let me. I forgot about that. There's World Pearl Harbor. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they and the thing is, is those types of things stoke fear in people, meaning they want to you know jump into action yeah. and maybe so follow this, somebody. This is a World War II thing, but so like after the war, when does he start? When does he start uh, getting followers? So anyway, after that, uh, he set up the church after he got out of the navy. Um, and he's, they, they believe their belief is that no culture in the history of the world, save the thoroughly depraved and expiring ones has failed to affirm the existence of a Supreme being. It is an empirical observation that men without a strong and lasting faith in a Supreme being are less capable, less ethical, and less valuable to themselves and society. So believe in a Supreme being or you're basically trash. But and then it was all written from his book, right? Like Dianetics, is that what? It's yeah, called? Dianetics, yeah. and um, get into the whole like Thetans thing and all that. But Scientology actually requires training, so in in order to reach certainty or like in enlightenment, kind of similar to what mm-hmm. you know we've talked about either through sex or or some kind of gang like initiation type of thing. Drugs are usually part of cults too. Drugs as well. Um, but they believe that we have an immortal being inside of us called a thetan, which I guess as Christians or soul. Um, you could consider it a soul or, you know, something like that. Um, but thetans have apparently lived a lot of past lives. So when you're going through training, supposedly you'll recall certain events from your past lives, um, which is even more mind boggling because then that means that people are you know, being almost coerced into having like mental issues and stuff like, you know, like schizophrenia and things like that. 
Um, or just make stories. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what it sounds like to me. They're just making or lies. Stories, yeah. You know? Well, no, they don't think it's lies. They think it's real. There's just there's these images and stories coming to them thinking, oh, maybe this is my past life. But it's just, you know, it's just your imagination, dumbass. Yeah. And they, they have something called like a like e-reader or something like that. It's not remember, a nook so or a time, but one time I went to uh LA with high school friends and I forget who else was with I think it was Gonzo and Black I know Blackstone for sure because he was the one that was fucking with them. And we're like, let's go inside, let's see what it's about. And so we went in and they like tried to have Blackstone do the hand things. And, and he could tell that just if you gripped it harder, the meter went up more. That was like the only, that was how the meter worked basically. But they tried to sell it on us, but they basically like kicked us out because we were just fucking. <laughs> yeah. And they, you don't have money, then get out. Like yeah. that's Oh thing. yeah. That's the thing. They were, they were really trying to sell us the book and stuff. And we're like, so no, crazy. we're good. <laughs> <sighs> but there's an uglier side of Scientology, and that's kind of what going. Wait, there's clear. a good side to it. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. I thought that we were doing that the whole time. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, I guess in theory, a lot of people have said that they, they, you know, they, they give money to the community, but it's tax exempt. Remember, um, they they hold like events and things like that for people, but the real Scientology is exposed and kind of and going clear going clear is a really good documentary about it but um there's something called the fair game rule and um this is basically a rule that states that if anybody sets sets out to like do harm to the church then they're fair game and can be harassed punished um and even you know threatened with violence uh going clear actually talks a lot about this um it talks all about the damage that they do once you're exiled from the church or if a family member is exi- is is outside of the church. That's like the that, blacklisting. And what's right? that uh, actress? Yeah. That was the other thing is that they... Oh, what was her name? Leah get, Remini? Yeah, yeah, Leah Remini. They get these celebrities in to like make them look good and then brainwash them. Like um, obviously Tom Cruise, we haven't mentioned him. He's like the their god. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's my God too. I love that guy. I mean, <laughs> he's so rich. <laughs> his batting average for movies is amazing. So, um, yeah. yeah. Cause I mentioned, they mentioned Cruz a lot in the uh, documentary. Yeah. So I, saw, I saw going, going clear when it like first came out. Um, I mean, there's a lot of celebrities that are Scientologists. It's like, you, uh, what John Travolta. Volta, yeah. yeah. Travolta. Uh, um, the Masterson brothers, the, from that 70s show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's it's interesting because obviously there's some kind of appeal there for people who have more money and I think it's just because it's an exclusive thing. Like yeah. they're like only we are allowed in this. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes another part of their like stardom and their fame. Um by the way, and, Go- going clear is streaming on HBO Go. Perfect. Oh. That's a, it's a really Direct good TV documentary. Yeah. Um, they are tax exempt. I did look that up. Uh, total profit. Um, some members are required to shun friends and family actually who are against the church mm-hmm. and its ideals. So you have to let go of your family. Like that you have to, um, you have to say, yeah, if you don't, if you're going to slander the church of Scientology, I can't talk to you anymore. Yeah, once and, you leave. Yeah. That's why people don't leave. It's like leaving an abusive relationship. Like they 
when they leave, they know they're leaving their family. Yeah. And then there um, was another, sorry, another great movie. Um, I don't know if you've seen this one, the Louis Thurdeau, Thur- did I say his name? Louis Thurdeau, like the reporter. He uh-huh. has one called my Scientology movie. And yeah. It's on, that's Netflix. on Netflix. Yeah. Netflix. I saw that a while back too. That's pretty good. I don't think we watched that uh-uh. one yet. We should check it. that out. I like the Go and Clear one better, but he's he's hilarious because he and he did one on Tiger King before they did the documentary. He went there years huh. before and was like make like pointing like weird things like you just let this happen. What the hell? And I checked that out. Yeah, uh, he's he's good. If you want to go down a little rabbit hole, uh, I always find a way to bring it back to at the drive-in <laughs> somehow. <laughs> but. Um, the lead singer about the drive-in, Cedric Bixler, his wife, I guess, is a former Scientology member. Oh. And she uh, she has something with the Mastersons in some way. And for many years, they both have been saying that they've been blacklisted and that Scientology has, like, been attacking them. And they've had, uh, they claim that their dogs have been poisoned by oh. Scientologists. And if you follow either of them on Instagram, uh, Cedric Bixler, or I'm forgetting his wife's name, but something Bixler... Uh, they'll, they don't hold back. Yeah. They like, they have these long, long posts of like what supposedly Scientologists have done to them and that they like feed their dogs, like poisonous dog food or something and kill them. And I see, I wouldn't, the the sad thing is I wouldn't put this past like celebrities and stuff. I I think they're so disconnected from some at least are so disconnected from reality that something that's, higher order like this they'll latch on to it well, you know what i mean it, yeah it's hard to say because i don't put it past scientologists to do this but at the same time cedric bixler famously former drug addict yeah so who knows but, <laughs> yeah. yeah but um oh, I was going mention, down the- another another great thing that explains uh scientology is the uh, south park episode yeah yes. <laughs> yeah that, i mean that is that's a great this episode. is what scientologists actually <laughs> believe <laughs> yeah a little disclaimer on the bottom yeah i love matt stone trey parker but yeah. um hubbard's wife actually kind of participated in some of the the shenanigans as well she stole government and irs documents related to funding um, in an operation known as Operation Snow White. So um, it, it's all in the family. Like all this, all this like crime and criminal activity all related to, you know, Scientology. Um, one of the things that was really sad that I read about was um, that there's coerced abortion allegations as well. Wow. There is so much information about Scientology that it's hard to even scrape the surface but this was one of the big ones is that a former high-ranking source like in Scientology reported that there was about 1,500 abortions carried out by women in the C organization which is a branch of the Scientology it's kind of their like Scientology is like this umbrella thing like religion and they have little like sects like the C organization Uh, Since the implementation of a rule in the late 80s, members could not remain in the organization if they decided to have children. Um, So if they've, you know, if they if they wanted children, they couldn't be a member. So I just thought of a really fun game we could play. Maybe not today, but another day I was looking up celebrities that are um, 
Scientologist and we could name a movie and then you have to name the actor in that movie that's a Scientologist. <laughs> you have to that, would be, that would be really good. <laughs> I found um, one that's very interesting, like a, a, a newer kind of actress, Elizabeth Moss from yeah. Invisible Man. She's one. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, she is. But anyway, the C organization was demanding that they get abortions if they had a child and they were C organization was reserved for the most dedicated Scientologists. So if you were really into it, then they put you in the C organization. The C organization. I know it's, it's all so weird, but anyway, (laughs) when you're done, I'll hop on something. Is that SEA or like the SEA. letters? I don't know yeah, why. Cause I, I well, cause he's, yeah, because he has evil. all about, um, he had his own boat too, right? Because they have yeah. that in the master, like mm-hmm. a weird like orgy boat or something. Yeah, so that in all like Scientology is another religion that's just gone like too far. Um, you let one person have too much power and then they end up creating these arbitrary rules that everybody follows and it's destructive um when you have one mind creating all the rules it they they, it can become like sociopathic um who's that new leader who's the mess chavich what's his name i know oh yeah he's the new guy brian something i want to say no no i think we're thinking of someone else (laughs) <laughs> oh, Judy Mikovits. No, let's not get into the cults of today, too. I don't want to say it's Brian Brian Miskovitz. Hold on. I'm going to look it up. I'm looking it up, but, too. But, um... No. I, that's a brokers and agents. <laughs> if you... If you really want to spend your day doing something, go on... Go online, type in Scientology into the search bar. David Miscavige. So much info. Miscavige. Miscavige. David. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But there's so many little loopholes in Scientology that you could jump through, and it's just there's so much info out there about them. What are you going to say? So you I was going to add that when I graduated from college to be a teacher, it was during the recession and there weren't any jobs. So I applied to uh, private schools and I did have an interview with the Scientology school. What? That and would have been I didn't know it was Scientology until after the interview. <laughs> did you get the, Did you get offered so, the job? Um, it was in Orange, California. And... Uh, their website looked totally normal. Just it's a private school. And I went there. They didn't mention Scientology. They didn't mention L. Ron Hubbard. There was no posters of them. It just seemed like a regular school. And I pretty much, the interview was like two or three hours long. What? Because it wasn't just sitting down and talking. I had like a tour of the school. I watched the kids in action. I watched the teachers in action. Um, and we had a discussion afterwards about like my uh, how I teach or what I, what my beliefs are about like learning and stuff like that. And then at the very end, the woman that interviewed me said like, okay, well, we'd like to ask you to come on a second day for a demo lesson. So that's when teachers go in and teach a lesson to kids to show kind of what, what their teaching would be like. And then, uh, you get offered a job after that. So I said, sure. Yeah, I'll come, I'll come back. Cause I was desperate for a job. I didn't know a Scientologist at this point. <laughs> so then she said, before you do your lesson though, I'm going to give you some books that you can read. So you can kind of know a little more about what we're about. And again, nothing said Scientology, 
But then I saw the authors where where L. Ron Hubbard was written on a lot of them. So I'm like, oh, at that point, I still took the books home and thought about it. But then um, the next day, I ended up going back to the school just to return the books. I didn't want to keep them. Um, I also didn't want to like steal them. So I returned the books. When I got there, no one was in the office. So I just silently placed them on a desk and then walked away. That's so crazy. And now from what I hear, that school is not there anymore. So I don't know what happened. Good to thing it. you didn't work there. Cool. And so now uh, let's get into this uh, cult quiz thing um, that you found, Corey. It's like a, just a quiz about certain cults. Let's see if we learned anything on this one. Um, yeah. So the first question is, what is the name of the cult that believes humans were created by aliens called Elo Elo Elohim? I did a video for an artist called Elohim. It's interesting. <laughs> who pretended to be angels when they appeared in the past. And it's Heaven's Gate. Was that realism? Is that pronounced it? Realism. Well, I think Shin- Heaven's Gate had to do with aliens, right? Or Shining Path. Yeah, but there was no mention of El- Elohim. Oh. I would have okay. re- I would have like that because I worked on that video, I would have been like, Oh, I I just saw this now. So I don't think it's Heaven's Gate. Okay. It was all it was all about their leader, Doe. It wasn't well, are we doing it like uh oh, there's a hint. Let's see if there's a hint. We've eliminated some options for you. Oh, it eliminated one. Now it's Heaven's Gate and Realism. Then I'm gonna go with Realism. I'm gonna do that one too. So who's who's uh whose call is it? Who's going first? Go for it. Or are Click we it. just doing it as a team? No, we're going one at each other. We're going to compete. So we keep each our own scores. Yes. Oh, okay. So click it. Yep. Realism. Right. There you go. I got it too. So read the next one, Corey. <laughs> the Brethren, founded by Jimmy T. Roberts, disallows members from using modern conveniences and forbids children from, let's see, speaking, looking at members of the opposite sex, or playing. I am gonna go with. I've never heard of this one. Looking at members of the opposite sex because it's part of that control element. That's just my opinion. What I'm gonna go with playing. I was gonna think playing too because like this disallows members from using modern conveniences and then forbids children. So like, what's modern conveniences to children? All right, but let's speaking see. speaking is pretty good though too. Are you gonna do the hint? I'm gonna do a hint. All right, let's see hint. Oh, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So I missed it. So you guys said playing? Yeah. I'll go speaking just to go different. All Let's right. Go. Well, it was it was playing. playing. Damn. So, so it Liz, says something next to the correct answer. Uh, the brethren believe all celebration should be saved for the imminent return of Jesus Christ, which has been imminent since the 1970s, so the kids can't play. They got to be ready. You cannot oh, and then the other one that we just did said, uh, realism began in the 1970s and is often associated with claims that they can clone humans in an a- attitude of very liberal sexuality. Uh, for one. our listeners, I'll read all the uh, answers so that you can kind of play along with us. There you go. Um, I'll read the next right. one. Which cult is known for its mass weddings with hundreds of couples married simultaneously in huge ceremonies? We have the Branch Divinians, Divinians, the Sign of the Moon, and the Unification Church. Ooh. Right. Let's think of it before we hit the hint. Mass weddings with hundreds of couples married simultaneously in huge Unification. The word unification kind of makes, you know. Yeah, I'm going to say unification. I'm going to say the sign of the moon. Okay. Let's hit the hint. 
him. Oop. Sorry, Liz. Aww. Not the sign okay. of the moon. I'm so it's, you still have one point, though. So it's I have what? two. You have two. <laughs> and what about you, Robert? Two? Two. two yeah. yeah. And I have one. One and one. <laughs> All right, let's see. I chose Unification no. Church. What, how many? What question are we on? Three. So Robert has one. I have, I have well, two. I'm going to have two in a second. Okay, yeah, yeah. How does Robert have one? He got the number one right. Yeah, he got the did. first one right. He got the second one wrong. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you, Liz. I'm letting you guys. <laughs> We're both one and one, and she's two and oh. All right. So I chose Unification Church. You chose what? The one that is wrong. So I only have two points. Oh. You're a teacher, right, Corey? Like, this is... <laughs> you just don't... You do right, English. You, both, you don't do math. You both were right. You didn't yes. get that? You chose no, the video? I chose the sign of the moon. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Members of the Unification Church are sometimes called Moonies because of their association with founder Sun Myung Moon. And I'm, I, that's why I was thinking sign of the moon, because I've heard of this. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. Go for the next one, Corey. All right. What did the movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God predict would happen on March 17th, 2000? Was it the Virgin Mary would come to earth and carry the cult's members to heaven? Is it the earth would be destroyed by God's vengeance? Or Israel would declare war on the U.S.? So what did the movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God predict would happen on March 17th, 2000? Well, let's think like restoration of the Ten Commandments. So what do the Ten Commandments have to say? They don't, really, they don't really mention any of this stuff, though. Thou shalt not in several things. I know. Thou mm-hmm. shalt not and enlist. Um, I'm going to go with destroyed by God's Yeah, vengeance. I was going to say yeah. the earth would be destroyed by God's You've got to scare these people into getting into your cult. I think that, too. What's the, what's the hint? Let's see the hint. Yeah, okay. All right. That's still in Does the anybody want to change their answer? So the no. one that was eliminated was that Israel would declare war on the U.S. All right. So there's either the Virgin Mary would come to earth and carry the cult's members to heaven or the earth would be destroyed by God's vengeance. I'm going to stick second. with the earth. Uh, earth oh, earth. no. Okay. The Virgin Mary would come to earth and carry the cult's members to heaven. Okay. So when Mary did not arrive, the cult leaders caused explosions and fires that killed hundreds of cult members. Wow. Ooh. That's pretty brutal. Well, that right. is the restoration of the Ten Commandments. Cool. Interesting. All right, next one. What did what is it called when the, the loved ones of a cult member arrange to have the person kidnapped away from the cult and retrain retrained from cult free life? Is it decultification? Oh. Thank you. Deprogramming or re-education? I'm gonna say I think, I think it's deprogramming. I think yeah. re, like re-education is the word they use to get them into the cult. Like they have yeah, to, yeah. deprogramming. I, mean, I don't know. Deprogramming, yeah. Decultification is a good word, but I don't. I'm going to. Yeah, no. See Let's hint. see the hint. All right, so it's either decultification or deprogramming. I'm going to say deprogramming. Yeah, right? same. Yay! Yay! Deprogramming is a controversial activity that isn't always successful. <laughs> Okay. Why is it controversial to get them? That's what I was thinking too. (laughs) Interesting. Go for it. All right. Which cult engaged in a practice of recruiting new members by sending women members out to have sex with them? Something they called flirty fishing. Mm. Was it the children of God, heaven's gate, or the people's temple? 
Well, I can tell you right off the bat with Heaven's Gate, they didn't have any sex. So I, we can eliminate those, <laughs> yeah, I think. So they did not have, we I'm, learned that in today's episode. I'm going to go with the children of God. I was thinking that children too. Children of God, because, I'm going to say the people's temple. Why not? Right, let's hit the hint. hint. Oh, here's the people's temple. Oh, again. man, I suck at these things. Right, I'm going children oh, God. of God. All right, Woo-hoo! let's see. Yeah. All right. The children of God what ran into trouble both because of sexually transmitted diseases <laughs> and for their publications, which promoted child adult sexual activity. That's disgusting. Weird. Um, all right, Robert, you read this one. Okay. Uh, the People's Temple Massacre. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> the People's Temple Massacre occurred in what South American nation? So we got Guana, Brazil, or Uruguay. Uruguay. Um, Hmm. hmm. People's Temple, Matt. Brazil's pretty South big. American. It's got a lot of people. I'd say Brazil. My mind goes to Brazil. Liz. Uh. Yeah, Brazil. We're gonna hit the hint. Uruguay is eliminated. So let's hit Brazil. Oh I'm st- no! It's Guana. People's Temple Commune in Guana. That's, I'm pronouncing that right. Guana. Oh, called oh, Jonestown. Oh, it's Jonestown. Oh, they they tricked us. I, yeah, I forgot. And I I actually in my searchings, uh, so the People's Temple Commune in Guyana, Guana called Guana. Okay, Guana called Jonestown was the site of the massacre. Um, Jim Jones actually started in America, but America like was kind of like pushing, giving pushback, so he moved it. Uh, to South America, where he could almost create like a jungle paradise. Worry on that one, man. <laughs> I don't know. I I didn't know what country. Okay, well, this next one you should get it too because another Jamestown one. Read it off. Here we go. How many people died in the People's Temple Jonestown massacre? Liz, can you read the numbers? Nine hundred eighteen, one thousand two hundred twelve, or two hundred thirty-three. I'm. Going to say nine eighteen. Yeah, I think the two thirty three is supposed to throw you off with Heaven's Gate because Heaven's Gate I think was thirty three. I think it's I, I don't remember it being over a thousand. I think it's nine hundred twelve or nine hundred eighteen. I'm gonna say two hundred thirty three. Okay, so hint. let's see. Hint. Oh, all right. So, yeah, that thirty that thirty three was a red heron right there. All right, nine eighteen is I'm the correct answer. With that. Yep. I shouldn't be excited. I shouldn't be excited about that. It says 980 people died, the worst cult-based massacre in U.S. history. 918. 918 people. Wow. All right. right. Next one. Uh, what cyanide-laced substance was given to the People's Temple members to facilitate the Jonestown massacre? Grape Kool-Aid, orange Gatorade, or Pepsi? So I think Grape this is Kool-Aid. Where the, yeah, this is where the Kool-Aid thing yep. came from. It wasn't from Heaven's Gate. They were they no. were eating uh, applesauce. <laughs> so I'm gonna say Grape Kool-Aid too. I'm not, even, I'm not even hitting the hint. I'm just going yeah. for it. Yep. Yeah, okay. it's it. It is. The incident gave rise to the phrase "drinking the Kool-Aid," often used to mean believing in something because some someone told you to. So do not drink the Kool-Aid of <laughs> people who are evil. I like, I like Crystal Light better, anyways. <laughs> All right, I'll read this one. Okay, go for it. Leo Ryan was shot by People's Temple Guards while attempting to investigate Jonestown. What government position did he hold? He was a U.S. ambassador to Guyana, congressman, or FBI investigator? 
Hmm. I'm going to say FBI investigator. Yeah, it was an FBI investigator, I think. Okay. Let's, I'm let's see. some research on this. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh. oh, it wasn't him. All right, Congress. So, Robert, it's either U.S. Ambassador to Ghana or I'm going to go Congressman. Yep. Yeah. Congressman right, Ryan is the only that. member of the House. Congressman Ryan is the only member of the House of Representatives to be assassinated while in office. Wow. That's an interesting fact. Interesting. Corey, read this next one. What did the Aum Shinrikyo cult use to attack the Tokyo subway system in 1995? Was it radioactive materials, sarin gas, or AK-47 assault rifles? Hmm. I'm going to say radioactive materials because even in the 90s... Well, I mean, Japan has a lot... AK-47s would be the easiest ones. Um, you know what? I'm going to go sarin gas, I, not radioactive. I've heard, that's what I'm thinking of. If I'm not mistaken, there are knife attacks in Tokyo, meaning that maybe they've banned guns. I'm going to go with AK-47 assault rifles. All right, let's see the hint. I think I'm, I'm going with sarin gas. I think they can Dang make it. that nope. at home. I'm terrible at this. So it's either radioactive materials or sarin gas. I'm going to say sarin gas. Let's see. Yep. Yes. Sarin gas attack killed 13 people. Crazy. Yeah, because I think they can like make that at home. All right. So the next next one is what does um shinriku, as I pronounced it, <laughs> mean when tra- when translated into English? Supreme supreme truth, eternal shrine, or fire of heaven? That's hard. Because I don't know. I'm gonna say supreme truth. Let's go with that. That one's <laughs> that kind of I like that one too. Let's see the hint. Hint gets okay. rid of. All right, it's either Supreme Truth or Eternal Shrine. I'm gonna say Supreme Truth. You? Yep. All yep. right. Translation is tricky since the cult's founder combined Sanskrit and Chinese to create the name, but Supreme Truth is generally accepted translation. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Next, anyone? Yeah, I got it. Uh, cults preoccupied with preparing for the end of the world are often known as doomsday cults. New Testament cults or revisionist cults? Doomsday, Doomsday. cults. Right? Well, it, but isn't like the New Testament about like the end of the world and stuff too? Or is that the Old Testament? The Old Testament, right? Well, New Testament. New Testament but, the, but I think Doomsday. Yeah, I'm going to still go with Doomsday. I definitely don't think, it's the, I don't think it's the last one. I think it's going to eliminate that one. Yeah, it did eliminate yeah. that one. I'll go. Okay. All right, I'll go Doomsday too. Yep. Okay. Right. Doomsday cultists sometimes believe... Only they will be spared in the coming apocalypse, but cults have also committed mass suicide when they thought the world would end. Like Heaven's Gate. And we got a couple more. Let's do two more. We got two more. Oh, yeah. There's like, um, oh, wow. There's so many left. Yeah, yeah. I just thought this was a lot. Liz, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, what federal it. agency conducted the final assault on the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas in 1993? The well, Department gonna... of Homeland Security the FBI or the national guard. Well, I'm about to watch this new series on, on Netflix called Waco. And I watched like the first, uh, got like halfway through the first episode and realized, Oh, I'm going to watch this with Nana. So I do know that it's the FBI. Cause I knew that's, they were getting to that point. Then I'm going to go with the FBI. I'm going to go with the FBI too. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's correct. Yeah. I'm ready to that say, Liz. yeah. Correct answer. Although, Oh, <laughs> Although the initial raid on the Branch Davidians was, con- sorry, was conducted by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, the final assault, which set the compound on fire, was conducted by the FBI. 
Yeah, because I knew I knew the ATF was involved too, but I didn't see their name, so I figured it was oh. the FBI. So, all right, last one here. You want to read this one, Robert? Uh, who was the leader of the Branch Davidian cult? So, pretty sure. Well, it's Francois, oh, Francis. Devine. Sorry, I'm, re- I'm reading. I was reading him in my head, not reading him aloud. Uh, Francis Devine, David Korshish, and Lucas David Davidson. Oh my god! I know it's. I know it's something David, obviously, because they put David in all all of them. I think it's the second one. I don't think it was. It's definitely not Francis. He wasn't like that. He was like a, that says Francois. Francois. <laughs> if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I might have seen. This also in my studies or research, and I believe it was French. So I'm going to say Francois David. You're going to go with that? Oh. Yeah. Well, if this is the one that's from Waco, right? I don't know. All right. I'm, I'm going to go I, the same. With him? All right. I'm going David, the second one. All right. Let's see. Um, no. Yeah. You got right. it. Koresh, who was born Vernon Howell, took over the cult in the 1980s. Interesting. Sweet. I'm gonna look this cult. Up. I lost. Branch yeah. cult. Yeah. So the Waco, uh, the, there's a like narrative version of it. Um, that's not a documentary. It's like people acting like um. Who's okay. Um, a docudrama kind of. What's his? What's his name? Um, really good actor, Michael Shannon. He's in it. Oh. Oh yeah, he's and awesome. Other, and then some other people you'd recognize. Um, but it's gonna tell the whole story of what happened there from like both sides. So. Good stuff. Another another cult to look into. <laughs> if, yeah. if you guys want to play the rest of this cult, infamous cult quiz, um, it is in it is on how stuff works play. So you can just go to play.howstuffworks.com and then search infamous cults and it will be there. I accidentally exited my tab, so I don't even know how many I got correct. So yeah, you probably <laughs> won because you know what? Yeah. I think we're all winners because we're not uh-huh. cults. So. <laughs> hey, yeah. There we go. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, that's our cult episode. Um, let's this sure- camera, that camera, that camera. What you got going on in your? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Corey's been watching too many hot ones. Yeah, we gotta do another one of those. Yeah, uh, send me a list of hot sauces you want me to go get. For I'll sure. Get some more. Because um, I'm I, I might get some more of that hard fart too. I'm already out. I want more oh, that, that stuff. That's good. Um, I might even try Red the other hot sauce. Go buy it and eat it. Yeah, another sponsor. And then we'll mention Bones Coffee again real quick because uh, they've been our unofficial sponsor <laughs> probably for a while. My now. tank yeah. is empty. Good, and it good was coffee. I laid off it. It was, it was I, at the end, it was getting too much for me. <laughs> um, but it was you still like really whiskey. good. Yeah. Um, check us out on Instagram and Facebook, the So uh, So Scrutiny Podcast rate and review on iTunes and there's nothing you really can do on Spotify other than just downloading the podcasts, download all the episodes, even if you're not going to listen to them, just make and check out the new logo. Oh yeah. Let's mention the new logo again. Yeah. From our, uh, our, uh, our buddy who was, I'm sorry. What was his name again? Taylor. Taylor. I'm sorry. Uh, he was your drummer. Yes. Drummer. Okay. I knew he was in your band. Um, thank him for that. Uh, what else Corey? Um, not much just yeah tell a friend and go support small businesses because they are uh they need they need our help and even if it's ordering online bones coffee is awesome um there's like hot sauce companies are great it's a fun little thing you can do buy some hot sauces and challenge yourself and it's good maybe not go as crazy as Corey. yeah i have like 20 hot sauces yeah (laughs) he's obsessed and i wouldn't mind it if he was so obsessed, but it's that every time he gets hot sauce, he offers it to me. 
and like it's gotten more more peer pressure. He's just trying to be nice. Yeah, don't don't pressure her into it. No, I I had a taste of one yesterday that sucked. Yeah, that, she did. That had a um, battery acid in it. Uh, uh, ghost, uh, no, no, yeah, butchalakia. Yeah, butchalakia, the ghost pepper. And I only I barely dipped my finger in it, and Im- immediately my throat was on fire. <laughs> Brutal. So good. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go have some right now with my carne asada that I made. I'm super hungry. Right. Awesome. Cool. Um, that's it. Uh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's yep. it. That's it. That's our new. That that's is our, that's, it. We that's, they usually end with like a song. That's why it feels weird. I think. Yeah, it'll be. Well, I'm gonna play that little dicky thing. And oh yeah. There's not a lot of music, so it's probably gonna be start right when I'm like done. Because yeah, I do like to leave it underneath, but it's a rap song. It doesn't really have a lot of like music on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that's something I can plug. Go check out my uh, Ramart Media. My little stupid. EP that I put out. Uh, it's on my SoundCloud somewhere. Go on SoundCloud, search Ram Martin Media. It's on there somewhere. Um, cool. All right. Well, I'm Robert. I'm Corey. And Liz. This has been the Suicide Screening Podcast. Thanks, everybody. See ya. See ya. Sometimes I feel like people only see me as this larger than life icon, but I'm just a normal guy. Hi. Hello. I'm Dave. You might know me as Lil Dicky, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's a lot more to me. Yeah, yeah. Don't you want to know who I am? Not really. Do you want to meet the guy behind the guy? Woo. Do you want to know what the industry is like? Uh. What a strange life I have. Got me tripping like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dave, you're a rapper? Oh, no. no. Bound movements looking like dipping dots. Really? Probably because I don't eat fruits and vegetables. Approached by aggressive white man on the regular. Uh. I got to record with a neck pillow on my neck because the ergonomics on my desk ain't right. My nose gets stuffed every night. Woo. I'm fidgety. I'm fidgety. I twitch. Huh. I'm fidgety. <laughs> I'm venerotic. Yes, I know that I'm a rapper at the end of the day But I think it's time you knew me by my government name Hi, I'm Dave I'm Lil Diggy Hi, I'm Dave Who's Dave? Hi, I'm Dave Please watch Please, I'm Lil Diggy No, shut up I am Dave Please watch